Okay, there you go. Hey, you know, uh, we're at the top of the hour, so this is station identification. This is your host, Roxy Roller, with, uh, hey, he, you can get on one. Uh, Necromo Spiritus, uh, he played some great uh, tracks for you guys. Um, What'd you play for us? you know any of it? Do you, you, you got to, like, just give people a well, book? The, the crabs, Goo Muck, and then... Goo Muck, you got to love that shit, yeah. What else you play? I don't remember the rest. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? Uh, he he like... was in a hurry on the way over here. <laughs> we got the next DJs up, so we're gonna like we're gonna. You want to play another song while yeah. we're waiting? So we're gonna have a sure one we're gonna, we're gonna have right. uh, play another track for you because I know he's having fun here over here at Mutiny playing uh, all his great tracks for you. I don't know. That made sense somehow. Night of the Vampire is gonna be up next week. The first song or next month. We're gonna do it the first Saturday of every month. I'm going to bring you a goth and, and, and death rock show. It has to feature also glam, post-punk, punk, anything we really feel like campy shit from the 60s. You know, like we used to play She's My Witch by Kip Taylor, Tyler or something. I don't know. But uh, hey, hey, Albert's got another track for you. Hey, make sure that's up. There you go. There you go, pal. Oh, yeah. So everybody stick around and uh, well, hopefully the next show will be up in a minute. want to thank you for listening to Vampire Radio. The next DJs are here, which is wonderful. And so we want them to have their time here in the studio. So, Albert, let's do a roll down here. We're going to just do that. I want to thank you again. We'll be back next month. The first of a uh, Saturday of every month will be Vampire Radio. 
Stay tuned for uh, more great uh, stuff over here at Muni. Keep it real. Keep it here for more great programming over here on Muni Radio. Fourth, fifth, sixth. And uh, we'll be back next week with, I think, Sluggo from the Grannies. Love you guys. All those lights were knocked out. You're charging people by credit card um, oh, through their through yeah their through their devices yeah. right, and they didn't need Wi-Fi because a lot of people were dependent upon their Wi-Fi. So a lot of people were using data services. Right, so data what, services. What kind, of, what kind of shops were open? Because you, if you're talking about restaurants or whatever, were there what are they cooking? Right, certain th- right, certain things. Power. Right, certain places like they had just made coffee. Right. So the coffee was sold out. Um, but if you're talking about that, yeah, they had to make food or whatever. So a lot of places like that. But then they were even crippled because the people that were trying to use um, things like data services, everybody went from Wi-Fi to data. And all of a sudden, everybody's data slowed down. Why? Because you have everybody. The iCloud can't hang with that much at once. Well, it couldn't handle the infrastructure of everybody it's going away. 64. Huh? 864,000 people in San Francisco last year. So nearly a million. So um, half of those people commute in and out of the city, or at least there's, there's, I think, a total of half those people commute. Like there's like three or 400,000 people that commute in and out of the city every day um, during yeah, the work week. Yeah, there's an additional. In and out. Yeah. Well, it's part of it is the residents of San Francisco that are going out of San Francisco for work. Other people that are coming into the city for work. And I don't, I can't remember exactly how it's broken down, but that's a lot of people. Okay. Um, I think they said at one point they even had like 50,000 Uber drivers. I'm like, wow, really? And when you look at when you go on to some street like Market Street or Mission and you just sit there and you count Uber stickers going by you.
I plugged... can't hear anything. Are these earphones actually work? Headphones? Are they plugged? <laughs> Are they actually working? I don't know. Um, try these ones if you so desire. Or. It's because you wanted the pink ones. I know. I was trying to go for that girly, you girly wanted... DJ kind of look. But at they're the still, same time... They're still black, black, navy, and crimson red. Rat red. Nothing? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my mic. Can you hear... Can can, can uh, uh, Ryan hear me out there? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I guess I'm on air. Um, great. Thank you. Thank you for that, Ryan. You're our our one listener who is uh, immediately responding. (laughs) Okay. Hello. Let's start that again. Uh, how was your weekend? Are you weak? It's still happening. Weekend's still happening. The week is over. Thank God. Yes. Um, it's been super like weird, I think with the weather changes and just, all of a sudden we're in december and being super slammed mm-hmm. um just you know running around with our heads cut off kind of feel yeah absolutely even today it doesn't feel like it was enough to actually like take a break from all that craziness yeah. that we had tomorrow i'm definitely gonna be sprawled out not doing much Ugh, i have to do laundry <laughs> i did laundry but i i have so many other things that i have to do but i need 20 pairs of hands to do them yeah. I mean, I need to clone myself pretty much to get it all. That'd be awesome. <laughs> can I do if that? If you figure out how to do that, you have to uh, let me know your secret. Can I, can I? <laughs> can I, can I? Um, I was going to read that story about Little Peep and then I changed my mind. Oh, here's one that's interesting. Um, this is from the enemy uh enemy.com this is the edition that came out last week and this is the section called on the record big opinions no filter when they're amazing music docs are the most powerful art form have you ever got out of the cinema and wanted to form a band dye your hair bright pink and time travel to a scuzzy cider soaked festival field at some point in 1992 not necessarily in that order well if you haven't you might just after watching l7 pretend that we're dead a fun, funny, and endlessly entertaining rock doc full of vintage camcorder footage shot by the band. It tells the story of one of the most important guitar groups of the 1990s. Now, 25 years after their peak, L7 might not be spoken about in such revengeful tones as the likes of Nirvana, but their hard riffing sounds and hard living lifestyle were as crucial to the story of rock and roll as anything Kurt Cobain ever did. When L7 are remembered now, it's actually it's usually for the time vocalist Danita Sparks chucked her used tampon into the crowd at Reading Festival oh, yeah. in retaliation for the audience pelting them with mud. <laughs> Though and my kind of girl. Yeah. Though an iconic moment in itself, L7 pretend that we're dead shows. There was so much more to the four-piece than competitive Tampax slinging. Not least the tunes, which were heavy, sledgy, and 
and powerfully political. Got so much clit, she don't need no balls. Went 1990s anthemic, fast and frightening, a female-led kick in the testosterone, heavy scrotum of rock and metal. Genres which were as macho then as they remain in 2017. Mm-hmm. L7 sounds uh, were as critical as anything Kurt Cobain ever did. The film was screened as part of the Dock and Roll Festival, which shows mostly crowd-funded music films, passion projects by fans, and first-time filmmakers. This year I got to indulge my inner movie geek as well as my music nerd, acting as a jury member and sifting through hours of films to pick through uh, one of the f- one of the f- the movies that were eligible my own personal winner was the allens which tells the very strange tale of the family of the original shock rocker gg allen the punk front, front man who guzzled drugs like they were Haribu, got fully naked on stage and regularly smeared himself with his own shit during gigs <laughs> Michael Bublé, he was most certainly not. <laughs> I appreciate the person who wrote this. Uh, her name's Leonie May Cooper. Uh, the film, though, which looks at the lives of his mother and brother almost a quarter of a century after his death, showed a broken family trying to repair itself after the loss of a brother and a son. Tender, tragic, and sometimes quite hilarious, it's one of those films that make you feel all warm inside while you simultaneously reach for the heart hand sanitizer like all the best music documentaries such as Searching for Sugar Man Anvil, Kurt and Courtney Supersonic and 20,000 Days on Earth it's the focus on the human story behind the music that makes these films not just extended pop videos but seriously powerful works of art Um, yeah so the doc's called L7 Pretend That We're Dead I remember them. I, I want to see that. They used to play. Um, they used to play the Warp Tour a lot. Probably they were short-lived, right? They weren't together for that long. I don't think. Yeah, but I've heard about them. I've heard of them throughout the years. Yeah, meaning the past twenty years. I remember that. Listen, hearing about that tampon thing, and that was, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just say, like, listen to me. Wham! Watch out. Um, I have Quentin Tarantino's uh, 1969 movie to be released on the 50th anniversary of the Sharon Tate murders, which we were just talking about uh-huh. at uh, Papalote. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Margot Robbie are uh, all circling the project. That'd be cool if all of those actually are in the movie. It'd be interesting. Uh, when Quentin Tarantino announces a new movie, it demands attention. Granted, he's also announced a number of movies that never saw the light of day over the years, from Kill Beatrice to Vic and Vincent. His long-rumored offshoot story about Michael Madsen and John Travolta's respective characters from Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. But for what it looks to be the director's ninth feature out of the uh, alleged 10 before retirement Tarantino is tackling what will uh, uh, surely be a high controversy topic the Manson murders of course we were recently reported not much is yet known about the degree of which the filmmaker will focus on Manson's violent cult the film will be an assemble piece revolving around the cult's sting in unexplicably violent murders and and certainly exists in the same space as Tarantino's last few features ever since Kill Bill the director has been obsessed with the concept of rewriting history with no less blood, but in, in the light where the uh, uh, untice, sorry, 
ostensible heroes would, um, whether uh, Jews during World War II or slaves in the Civil War era or renegade mercenaries in the unforgiven frontier. Now he tackles one of the more terrifying moments in modern cultural history, likely with a lot of dialogue and a lot of graphic violence. If you were curious as to when his latest will be unreleased, wonder no longer. Variety reports that the yet-to-be-titled feature will be released uh, on August 9th, 2019, noting that it will mark the 50th anniversary of the heights of the Manson Rampage. Whether it's good taste is likely to a uh, little concern to director or studio. It's hard to imagine that Sony wasn't able to date historical relevance when booking it. In the meantime, names on the level of Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Margot Robbie will be continued to circle the project, which, like all of Tarantino's others, it will most certainly get people talking. Get them talking. Oh, yeah. He's really good at that, actually. I finally saw uh, Django Unchained. I think the D is silent, right? Django. <laughs> it says a movie. Sorry, God. I was sick when right. I was watching. There's like a whole scene where he's like, it's Django. It's Django. No, I finally watched it. It's a while I, ago. I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I didn't learn DiCaprio was really good in it. and um, He was only in it towards the end. Yeah, but I mean, that's all I remember. <laughs> He was that good, um, but yeah, that's that was a yeah. It's it's a hard movie to watch because there's obviously like a lot of violence and just uncomfortableness. Yeah. But well, that makes me want to watch it more. But yeah, there's like what? Yeah, well, you know, it it kind of does because it's like oh, it's kind of like naughty, but not really. <laughs> and then of course, where does Tim is in it? He has 15, 20, 30 minutes of fame in his own film. Who? Quentin. Is he in it? Yeah. I don't remember, remember when it's <coughs> it's um, towards the end when they're all leaving and they have the slaves again are tied. And then um, how does they escape? Oh, he convinces them to, I don't know, he convinces them to do something. I forgot what it is he convinces them of. But he's able to not only kill Quentin Tarantino, they're a bunch of bandits. I think that's what it is. Yeah. He coaxes them to let him go free, and then eventually he frees his, his, his brothers. What? His, yeah. Um, and then he goes back to the mansion and fucking kills all those Gets his wife, right? Like, I remember wife. that, yeah. So that's the whole reason why he goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. I need to watch it again. I don't. I yeah. don't exactly remember. I had to think about that the I was story, like, what but I remember the dinner scene, and that's pretty much all that really matters in that movie. But yeah, um, but yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah. And I thought um, that one guy's character was interesting. The one who's um, he 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 pretends he has different he has different. Um, First, he's like a dentist, but he's really something else, right? Yeah, he's helping them, right? Yeah, he helps them, but I forgot the whole reason why he was there. He's just an impersonator. He changes his identity depending on the situation, right? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so, another news... Um, the lesser-known Gallagher brother, Noel, just released a new album. <laughs> is that what it says? Or is that no, just your opinion? That's my opinion. Uh, okay. Um, she has a favorite. One Giant Leap. <laughs> Noel, <laughs> Noel G's best work since What's the Story, Morning Glory. 
Um, and the album's called Who Built the Moon? And they gave it four stars, and they say it's experimental, rock, and French. Um, I always, I mean, I always liked Noel. He always had that kind of very, like, harmonious, you know. He's sound. probably more cool-headed than Liam. I mean, he more has more of that. I and mean, that's like a stretch because he's also pretty fucking I'm not crazy. saying that Noel isn't musical and talented. I'm sorry. Liam isn't talent. I'm not saying that Liam isn't talented, but I think Noel, I mean, he wrote a lot of the songs. He has a scissor player. He has a scissor player on I top mean, of it. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> um... So they say, what a difference two decades make. In the 90s, we nailed our colors to Blur or Oasis. Now we're forced to choose between Oasis, Oasis, and Blur Oasis. Blur Oasis. <laughs> so confusing. Team Liam prefer things as they were, one massive Larry Levin. Team Noel, meanwhile, are embracing a more experimental mindset and thereby, by some immense twist of cosmic irony, finally starting to live up to all those freaking Beatles comparisons. For Noel, his high-flying bird's third album, Who Built the Moon, marks a grand sonic expansion. First single, Holy Mountains, set the retro revisionist tone, the sound of glam era Bowie, the vaccines, show it Showaddy Waddy and Ricky Martin all marching to Jonah Louis Tin Whistle. <laughs> and its spirit infects Noel's best album since Morning Glory. Enshrouded in a kind of sepia rock dream haze and one big lyrical air punch, Moon beams with surprises. Opener Fort Knox is a far more exotic fucking in the bushes. <laughs> What the fuck is this full, article? Full of... Uh, wait, I lost my train of thought. Full of Afrobeat <laughs> choirs. A fire alarm and backing vocals like Florence Welsh atop a minaret. I'm very interested in this album. Keep on reaching is pounding space gospel while it's a beautiful world could be early elbow remixed by Underworld and includes a middle eight in French that surprisingly reveals a greater grasp of the Gaelic tongue than Je m'appelle Noël, Good job. I don't even speak French. Yeah, we, we don't know if you did. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I just know that there's certain... There's a certain, I guess, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi from hearing it. <laughs> Producer David Holmes comes into his own in constructing the galloping orchestral western If Love is the Law and a bombastic finale in The Man Who Built the Moon. That practically demands they write a Bond film to go with it. But, bar the turgid swamp blues of Be Careful What You Wish For, it's Noel's freewheeling solo freedom and return to form songwriting that puts this among the albums of the year. Noel shoots for the moon and strikes bullseye. This guy named Mark Bamont. And that was Enemy's album of the week last week. That's, that's pretty... I mean, that's worth listening to. It sure, like. it sounds interesting enough. <laughs> I mean, I liked um, Liam's album, obviously. And even stranger news, or I guess funnier news. Mm -hmm. uh, federal government wants Martin Scarelli to hand over Wu-Tang Clang album. Convicted felon Pharma Douche 
uh, could be forced to forfeit, forfeit the $7.3 million in cash and assets. Now that Martin Scarelli is no longer just a pharma douche, but a convicted felon, pharma douche, he's finally <laughs> convicted felon slash pharma douche. He's finally getting his uh, come ups. Uh, the infamous former hedge fund manager is currently sitting in Brooklyn's detention center as he awaits sentencing for three convention- convictions of securities fraud. He could serve up to 20 years for the worst charges, but federal prosecutors are also coming after his material assets, including some ultra-rare hip-hop records. And in a new court fi- uh, filing, prosecutors said Scarelli could be forced to turn over the one-of-a-kind one Wu-Tang Clan album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin and the long-unreleased Lil Wayne record The Carter V, or The Carter V. Um, he's also... Uh, he'd also have to give up any proceeds earned from his, from sale or either record, uh, meaning money that eBay auction would be held back in September could also end up in federal uh, coffers. The filing also seeks forfeiture of interest in, in uh, touring pharmaceutical uh, Picasso um, World War II Enigma code breaking machine and $5 million in cold hard cash according to the Washington Post. The sum of the sum of the sum of the sought-out assets hits the seven point million mark, representing a conservative computation of the proceeds Scarelli personally obtained as a result of his three different securities fraud crimes of conviction. According to the filing from acting U.S. Attorney of New York's Eastern District, Bridget M. Broad, Scarelli's lawyer Benjamin Brathman argues that none of the investors lost any money and that Scarelli did not personally benefit from any of the accounts of conviction. His client shouldn't be forced to turn over any assets. Of course, the investigators actually did lose money of the security at the center of a conviction and lying about it and by lying about it probably kept them from leaking Scarelli's fund so Brathman is talking out of his rear Scarelli dropped two million dollars to buy once upon a time in Shaolin and originally said he'd share it with the public should Donald Trump win for the election he did stream it online but also planned on paying it sorry, playing it at an event in New York City back in February until the venue pulled out of the deal. In December 2016, Scarly claimed to have purchased the Carter V and leaked a tract online. There's no guarantee Scarly will be made to turn over either album, and even if he did, it might not make them any more available to the public. The Justice Department will likely come into possession of the record, which they could then pull, uh, put in back into auction. Uh, or maybe Trump will order the Baron be given exclusive ownership of the music just to be a dick. Weird. So yeah. somehow this Republican guy got involved with... No, he's just a troll. I think he... he He's actually not a Republican, but he, he wants to troll the public just because he's like probably w- at one point was or kind of still is the most hated person in America. Um, he just played off of that by saying, like, well, I bought this super rare um, record that nobody else has. And, and, and because everybody also hates Trump, if he wins, then I'll release it. But he only streamed it. I don't even know if he's, I mean, there, I guess the article said he streamed it online, but I don't know. I still it, don't get it. That's yeah. weird. 
He's a pharma douche. But anyways, um, coming up next is Nashville Honeymoon. They're out in the gallery area doing some some fine tuning. And stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
So we have Nashville Honeymoon here tonight. How are you guys doing? Well, thank you. Very good, very good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, I'm interested to discover how you two met that faithful day, evening. Well, my beautiful wife, Lynn, here is a swing dancer, and I was playing in a band, Johnny Dilks and the Visitation Valley Boys, way back in 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, her uh, swing dance friends and her, they would come to see us and swing dance, and I think she decided she needed a cowboy in her life, but not a real cowboy, like sort of a, a fake city cowboy. <laughs> With better politics. Yes, with better <laughs> politics. As long as you looked the part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how did you learn how to swing dance? Sorry, that caught my attention. Just by seeing other people doing it. And uh, I, I came after the big swing dance craze sort of took off. There was a big gap commercial. I call it the and swing it dance, the swing scare of the 90s. Wasn't it like and... when the movie Swingers came out? That was it. That was kind of connected to it. Because I was, yeah. I was really young back then. Yeah. And I just remember like we would like formulate dances around it, and then there was like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, yeah. and then there was Safe Ferris, and all the bands that were like ska, but also you know big band influence. Yeah. So I also I was, like, watched a lot of old movies with my grandparents, <sighs> and in the old movies they had a lot of that kind of thing going on. I love and how my they like. My grandparents used to jitterbug. They'd be like, yeah. we used to go out and jitterbug. Yeah. But I love how they would like throw the girl in the air. And then yeah. like down on the ground and I then know. like that's all very around. exciting I don't do much of that <laughs> yeah aerials aerials <laughs> I was like I want to do that one day yeah, yeah. but I so, still yeah. love to swing dance there's still yeah. lots of fun places in the city and in the bay that you can go and oh that's yeah. awesome partner dancing is a great thing yeah. bring it back so she's a great swing dancer and uh, I'm very involved in playing country music and rockabilly and roots t- type of stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, so she uh, learned more about Lynn learned more about that kind of music from being involved with me and then I joined a band called the Hossie and the Brothers okay, and we were, yeah we were on the road a lot but Lynn's uh, love of country music grew and grew and grew and then uh, our one of our uh, our older son there was at the school he went to there was a parent teacher talent show that I was running and I asked Lynn I said hey sing Jackson uh, with me and so mm-hmm. she did and that was her first time ever on stage and singing in a microphone singing in a microphone Whoa. and she did so good and everybody was like oh my god that was great so we just started working together more and more and we uh-huh. uh, had an earlier band and now it's Nashville Honeymoon and so that's awesome yeah, yeah. so tell us more about the music how would you describe it to somebody who's never heard it well, I would probably take a shortcut and say it's country music or honky-tonk style music. but um, As opposed to modern country music. As opposed to modern country music. But some people prefer the term Americana or roots music. Um, or good music. To me, I, the way I like to think of it is, you know what a Venn diagram looks like? Yes, I do. You know, there's the overlap. They're joined in the middle. We're right at that point where there's country, there's rockabilly, there's a little bit of bluegrass. It's sort of where everything kind of converges. A little bit of old jazz. Because those are all of our influences. Right. And there is a place where everything sort of coalesces. And that's, I think, where we are. There's always a melting pot in music. Absolutely. It's never just one thing. But we are primarily a 60s classic country-based sound. Okay. You know. And have you guys played Hardly Strictly before? 
We have not. I have personally in other bands, in two two mm-hmm. occasions with other bands, with Hossie and the Brothers and with Tom Armstrong. But I think we'd be I a think... great fit. I think it'd be great. I know. I was like, wow, that sounds like they've played there before, I bet. But it's on your radar now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working up to it. Are you listening? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so next week you're playing at the Fireside Lounge on December 9th. And then uh, three days before Christmas, December 22nd, you're playing at Club Deluxe here in San Francisco. That's right. And that's an early show, 6 to 9. Is that in the hate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, an obscure corner, uh, hate in Ashbury. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Never. <laughs> and I was like, I know that name. I've seen I know, it somewhere. Right? What's the cross paths? Yeah, Club Deluxe <laughs> is a great place. And speaking of swing, in the '90s, that was the heart of the swing scene. Was it really? Yeah, Club it, it looks like it would be totally like a '90s club for some reason. Every time I pass it, I'm just like, it's a fun place. Yeah, yeah. I play there in a couple of my other bands too. So never been, but I gotta check it out. You should come. Are you just constantly playing music day and night? Me, yeah. <laughs> That's only alive. I play in a lot Sometimes of bands. Sometimes I want to turn the off switch off, please, uh-huh. on. Unless she, unless I'm on stage, and then she's like happy I'm that way. <laughs> That's Aww. where you belong. Yeah, I teach I teach kids how to play Green Day songs too. Oh, do yeah. You? Mm-hmm. Usually that's what they want. Oh, yeah, that's that what was, I would want. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I still, I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can do that. For Fifteen you. years, twenty years on, still. Yeah, there. just the dookie stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> the, real, the real simple. Yeah. Do you have the time? Yeah. <laughs> do you oh, get you're sick gonna of get it? Asia into it? <laughs> um, so you guys are playing with Moonshine Maybelline. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're a great band. Oh, that's a cute name. How did you find them? Oh, you know, the, uh, if you play country music, classic country music in the Bay Area, you end up meeting each other pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Because it's, it's, a, it's a small, very friendly uh, scene, and mm-hmm. we're all... Supportive like, community. Very supportive. We all, we're all friends. We all play with each other, and so... That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. And how long have you been doing Nashville Honeymoon? Well, we've been writing music together since... Uh, for quite a while now. About five years. And yeah, about five years. And uh, we finally decided to just um, put our, you know, put ourselves in the recording studio and get a full album out of all the songs that we had written. And We've been using uh, the Nashville Honeymoon name for about a year now. Yeah, mm-hmm. about a year. And so that, uh, yeah, so that's, so we've been writing together for a while, but as a as a band as sort of an, an entity we just sort of created ourselves fairly recently mm-hmm. awesome. really just to have an excuse to put out the record yeah, yeah. and there's there's more <laughs> than two of us really by fun. the way that's true but we are we are band. the uh, ringleaders mm-hmm. where's everybody else uh they're off gigging working uh, working <laughs> yeah <laughs> good for them like yes. johnny and june Yes. It, it, we're exactly, we're actually like, like Johnny that. and June, yeah. George and Tammy, and, and Conway and Loretta all in one package, if you know those names. Yes, yes. I do. Some of them. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go watch my Walk the Line again. Yes. I'll watch my uh, Gold, what is it, Gold Miner's Daughter. Is it Gold Coal Miner's Coal Daughter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that <laughs> one. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Sissy Spacek. Sissy yeah. Spacek. Okay, I'll watch that one. The and what's his name's in it? Um, who plays our husband? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. He's, I why, love him. Why do I know that? Because <laughs> you're obsessed. He's a good old boy. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Right. I was obsessed with that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. I watched it. Uh-huh. Many times. Yeah, well, it's a good movie. have you heard about the new Mike Judge show, Tales from the Tour Bus? 
No. It's on Cinemax. It's all about crazy country music stars. And it's mostly animated. They're these little thumb thumbnail. Well, it's Mike Judge. It's Mike Judge. He's insane. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Uh, but he, it's their little mini documentaries about insane country music stars. What? It's great. I don't own a TV, so like everything, when people tell me to watch something, I'm like, I'll have to stream it somewhere. Well, you can get Cinemax through Hulu right now, just up. Oh, really? I got to look into that because we got to see the rest of the show. Anyway. Yeah. That's exciting. That sounds pretty exciting. I want to see some crazy country stars. I know. I'm glad he's just still doing stuff, Mike Judge. Oh, well, he's golden. Likewise. Yeah. He is golden. Yeah, he, is. he was he was a bass player in blues bands before he, before Beavis and Butthead. I know he's a physicist. Yeah, right? he but has he, like a degree from UCSD. Our, our bass player was in a band, and Mike Judge he left the band, and Mike Judge took his place. Really? Way back, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's cool. Anyway, a little bit of rock history, folks. Rock history or pop culture. <laughs> there you go. Okay. They should have you as their like, you know how like comi- like uh, night shows have like have like their band leader. Oh yeah, is that what it like, is? Like talk show hosts. Oh, you can you you, do that. <laughs> I just out, Hank. Plays out. I, I just right, saw. Plays I, in, Hank. I just saw a friend of mine from. I'm not going to name any names here, but I just saw a good old friend of mine who was on a major TV show in a band for 18 years, mm-hmm. and she was telling me how incredibly horrible it was to be in that environment i'm not naming any yeah like a late night show oh yes and anyway you're probably very confined it's not like you can just do whatever the hell you want right you have, you probably have like zero, unless you're like zero say. Probably. Yeah, it's well, where you're family. Every right? all the guests looks like they're having a horrible time. They just well, look like, oh, I just asked me the questions. Yeah. You know? Well, it's an intense situation, but yeah. anyway. But anyway. But I would, I, I would do that for you guys. I can tell you're <laughs> well, fine. You know, you, if look you at ever, our audience. <laughs> yeah. If you ever need somebody, to, you you can call me up and say, come in, and I'll be in my hammy self and. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad we don't have commercial breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you could just be like, the commercial break, you start playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not that kind of radio station. <laughs> We're not KGO, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, no, I, Thank God. It's all good. All, <laughs> all facets is good. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Itching to play it's, a song, man. It's, it's yeah. always the right time. Think? I, what do you think? Should we do Jilted by Your Man? Sure. Our friend, our friend Patty Garber uh, used Came to take, great line. she took bass lessons from me. And then at some point, she felt like I didn't want her to take bass lessons from, from me anymore, which is totally not true. I love Patty. And She's I, like, but she told she was talking to Lynn and she said I've been jilted by your man Ooh. and even though I would always give bass lessons to Patty and I give yeah. them to her for free but Are that's you where Patty Patty, <laughs> Patty. I, anytime you want but uh, anyway this is where the song name this is where the song idea came from jilted by it. your man right. you ready yeah I'm ready Incidental meeting, the kind you never planned. Now I got a confession. I've been jilted by a man. 
He's playing hooky girl all over town And he says his heart is true There's no denying that it happened to me Then you know it could happen to you He needs a little distance Looking for commitment There's no need to settle down Yes, it's a messy it's a situation, situation The kind you never planned There's no other way to tell you I've been judging by your man There's no other way to tell you I've been judged by your man Than that, but we thought we should keep it. Oh, yeah, shorter. So, I don't know. It's like, I like those riffs, man. (laughs) But did you guys actually have your honeymoon in Nashville? We did not actually have our honeymoon in Nashville, but we have many second, third, fourth, Uh fifth honeymoons there. We tend to go about once a year and spend all day in the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum. We love Nashville. We always go to the Grand Ole Opry, especially at the Ryman, which is why we kind of go in the winter. Because if you don't go in the winter, then it's at Opryland, which is kind of a different sort of experience. It's mm-hmm. always amazing. It's a it's a strange town. We hang out at Robert's <laughs> Western. I haven't. I never. I've never been there. It's super fun. It's <sighs> crazy cheesy and crazy wonderful all at the same time. So you have to kind of embrace, embrace the cheese. Things. You know the, the the pink scrunchy cowboy hats and the too much makeup women and blue eyeshadow. Oh, everything and the If super... I spend too long there, I start thinking my jeans don't have enough beading on them. Oh. <laughs> and then I get home and I'm like, Lynn, yeah. clear your head. <laughs> Just... You're a California girl. Yeah. <laughs> but the music is really great. And yeah. it's the Country Music Hall of Fame and uh-huh. Museum is just unbelievable. Yeah. Is Graceland there? No, that's Memphis. That's okay. Memphis. Memphis. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nashville is a um, vibrant music scene presently mm-hmm. continues That's to be right. and Memphis is not there's a lot of history in Memphis but Nashville it's mostly Elvis yeah and, and so Nashville is currently this you know hopping uh, music scene so it's different for, because of that yeah so. do you go to see a lot of local artists or local country bands there in Nashville yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of great musicians there whose base is there and they tour from there uh-huh. so what happens is when you go to uh, the bars in Nashville you'll see complete hotshot players who are home from the road filling in for whoever and just oh that's cool yeah and, you never know who you're gonna bump into right and you know Vince Gill uh, has like an every Monday night gig in Nashville uh, my know. brother likes him yeah there's a band they call the uh, uh, oh no, I'm thinking Vince Neal. Sorry, that, <laughs> oh, they're, they're almost the same, they're very similar. I know, stylistically. I was like, like cross the time jumpers? The time jumpers, yeah. There's a band called the Time Jumpers that Vince Gill is in, and anyway, it's Nashville's fun, that's but awesome. that's where the name of the band came from, obviously, is we just love going to Nashville. And Do you ever go to New Orleans? I've never been there. I never. haven't been there for years. I haven't been there since before the uh, hurricane. Oh, really? Uh, uh, I had been there on tour a couple of times with a couple of different bands, and it's great. You know, it's wonderful. And I hear that it's totally recovered and super fun. Good. 
that's on my list. Yeah, Those two cities right there. Yeah, Where can people find out more about you online? NashvilleHoneymoon.com. It was available. Now, if you just put Nashville so Honeymoon easy. into a search engine, what happens is you get a whole bunch hotels. of hotels and wedding <laughs> planners <laughs> and all that. But, but just in it, case. Put it all together. You put Nashville it, Honeymoon, all one word. Yeah. Or Nashville yeah. Honeymoon Band, maybe. Yeah. Well, you can just put www.nashvillehoneymoon.com and we come up. So. I'm surprised, like, Jack White hasn't taken it over or something. I know, right? <laughs> it's too late, Mr. White. Yeah. yeah. Have you bumped into him yet? No. Uh, no. Are you no. Look, do you look for him? <laughs> no, but I'm glad that he's recording folks like Loretta Lynn still. Yeah, still totally. Has like a record-making studio. Well, he yep. he, he recorded. I uh, did a record with Wanda Jackson too, and that's our right. good friends Red Meat. You know who Red Meat is? No, but that's an awesome well, name. They're, they're our good friends, <laughs> and they've been a country band in the Bay Area for like over 20 years. Uh-huh. But when Wanda Jackson comes to town, yeah. they back her up. Oh, and Wanda nice. has a has a a, a new book out. Uh, an autobiography, I believe. It's nice. exciting. She's, yeah, I remember hearing about her like a long time ago. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, Loretta Lynn was here a couple years ago, right? Like she played at the Fillmore. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to go see a great country band, mm-hmm. Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives are coming for three barrier dates in like January. I think January 11th, 12th, 13th, I think. Something like that. Um, to the Freight and Salvage and to the Pet- Mystic and Petaluma. And if this is a phenomenal band and a phenomenal show, so I highly recommend that. The Freight and Salvage, isn't yes. that in Berkeley? It is. It People's is. Republic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it over there. I and do. I think it's it's a shame that it's like 25, I want to say it's like not even 25 minutes on BART. It's so close. It's right it's, there. It's so close yet. You have to worry about yeah. coming that's, back. <laughs> that's how I feel about here. Because I live there. <laughs> oh. Like, oh. Yeah. The last transit doesn't run it late at night. Yeah. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I know. For a major city, that's kind of a bummer. I know. That's one of the reasons why we decided to have a record release party, one in the East Bay and one here in San Francisco, because we have friends and, and you know, wonderful community on both sides of the bay, but it is really hard to have to, have, crossing the bridge to try to get anywhere is sometimes just too much for people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we tried to cater to yeah. everyone we yeah. try to please everyone yeah. if yeah. possible but it's a hard journey for sure mm-hmm. so you're playing next week at the fireside lounge yes. on december 9th have you guys played there before no our first time but uh, excited my, about that. my friend Tanoa Stewart from A-Town Agency, he books it. And our other friend, Handsome Hawk Valentine, he often puts on shows there. So this is a Handsome Hawk Valentine Presents show. So we're very excited. And Moonshine Maybelline's playing with us. We're very excited about that. Yes. And Club Deluxe, obviously. It sounds like you've mm-hmm. grazed their doors. Yeah. We play there a lot. <laughs> I, At the moment, we have an every fourth Friday Hank yes. and I have an every fourth Friday there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we use all, our alternative band name for that. Tennessee for that Truck show, Stop. Tennessee Truck Stop, because we yeah. play mostly uh-huh. rockabilly. We veer we, we so towards rockabilly. We veer side. off the country and get a little bit more. You get um, some people dancing then. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun to be able to sort of put that 
put that other trucker cap on yeah. and see the, go ten- for it. the Tennessee <laughs> truck stop. All all the trucks come into one truck stop from all the different cities, and they bring all the influences into that Tennessee truck stop and mm-hmm. turn it into rock and roll and rockabilly and country. It's like a, it's where the melting pot happens. There's a lot of and how often again do you guys do that? Every fourth Friday. Fourth every Friday. fourth Friday. So yes. every last Friday. It's the happy month. hour show, we, six to nine too. So. And we always play Nashville Honeymoon uh, songs there. Um, we just don't hear more appropriate songs. We we just veer more rockabilly there, but yeah. it's all it's all connected, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's all connected. Are you gonna play another song for we us? We would love to. Yeah. Let's do "Sure Don't Miss You." Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Mm. Do you do you put your cape on for this, my dear? You just took my cape yeah. You know who else is coming, by the way? Who? Sending some shout-outs. Mike Nesmith of the Monkees is going to come to the Bay Area ah, and do some dates. I heard and, about that. And the reason I bring that up, he's one of, a very important country rock guy. Um, and this song is influenced by Mike Nesmith, his whole Monkees country rock sound. And he had the first national band after the Monkees. That in country rock circles, it's very important. So we kind of go for that kind of... Yeah. Should we do we want to play a whole song? Part, part of a song? What's your can play a whole song. Okay, let's do a whole song. All right. All right. Every time I think about the way you let me down, I shake my head. Someday we might be friends Perhaps I can't forget you done 
those past two songs or how did they how did they come into fruition well um hank and i have kind of we've kind of we've kind of developed a little bit of a creative process together and um it definitely you know it's definitely very fluid but oftentimes um actually it's a really good thing to talk about both those two songs because in the first one I came up with sort of a lyric idea and a little bit of a, um, a melodic sort of hook for those. I came up with those first few lines on my own, and then I brought them back to him, and I just sing it for him, and then he tells me what the chords are, first of all, which is very crucial. Uh, and then uh, sort of, and then we sort of start building onto it. Mm-hmm. And when we have a structure, then I fill in more words, and then we arrange it. And then the second one, actually, I feel like that one, you had been using that little riff for quite a while. Like, when he picks up his guitar, usually he warms up and does something, and I felt like that was something that he just organically came up with. And then... Well, I was... He he kind of came up with the words... And then I just listened to what he yeah. was doing, and I voice memoed it, and then I played it over and over again, and then mm-hmm. just came up with the, the words for I, that. I was a little bit annoyed at uh, some friends of ours, <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, man, they sure really, man. Well, this was Sure Don't Miss You, uh, and I was, and, you know, I was just annoyed. And so I'm like, man, he really kind of made me mad. So I just yeah, started like... I sure don't miss now you're gone. You know, I just start singing. And, and and I I literally just was like going walking around the house and like singing this but it's song. It's a universal thing. It's a yeah, uni- it's, it's a totally like, universal thing. Um, but Lynn said, Oh, I'm gonna tape that. You know, so she recorded it and I, I do that and I kinda forget about it. But then she grabbed it mm-hmm. and wrote lyrics and then she says, Hey, I finished that song. I'm like, What song? <laughs> What you talking about? What you talking about? And then, and so we do this thing where sometimes I'll have an initial idea that just like is fleeting, you know. And then she grabs it, and then she throws it back to me after she's completed. And then I like polish it up. That's that. We off- just kind of keep working on it. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of throw the ball. We back get and help forth. though sometimes. You know, I'll I'll send stuff that that we've done to some people that I trust their feedback, and then I try mm-hmm. to integrate some. Yeah, you know some of their criticisms to try to make it better. Yeah, our good friend Joe Goldmark, who is one of the uh, owners of Amoeba Music on mm-hmm. Haight Street, yep. he's a great pedal steel player. I play in a band with him, and he plays with Nashville Honeymoon sometimes. Okay. Uh, you know, pedal steel guitar, yeah. it's a wonderful mm-hmm. instrument. So on the song "Ordinary Life," mm-hmm. we had this version, and we we had actually we'd recorded it and everything. And he heard it because we wanted him to put steel on it, and he says, "You know, I think you got you got something here, but you got to." 
chop this part off. You got to do this. You got to. We're like, hmm. And he's like, you don't okay. need to. You don't need to listen to me. But this is what I think. I think it could be like you'd have like a Kindle song. Kindle's some old country band that nobody. Oh, knew. I thought it was like Amazon Kindle. No, it's okay. it's like a it's a band that nobody remembers <laughs> anymore. But it's like Kindles. Kindle. I, I think you can be like the Kindles, and we're like, okay. Kindles. <laughs> the candle yeah anyway so uh we decided to take his editing ideas and uh arrangements arrangements yeah you ran with it we ran with it yeah. and there's no right way or wrong way to do this stuff you know it's just you figure find a path and you try mm-hmm. to go with it and you can do different versions in the four different bands yeah, one can do that if you want to confuse. Hey, I, in fact, last night I was at the gig and uh, I was doing one of our Nashville Honeymoon songs without Lynn. And the bass player after the gig, he said, uh, after the I played the song, he says, on the set list, it says the key of B and we just did it in E. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I do it. Lynn sings it in B. <laughs> so that's the that's the occupational hazard. It's like, what key are you in? <laughs> what you doing over there? Yeah. Who are your biggest influences besides Johnny Cash, Wanda Jackson, some of the other people we talked about? I think for songwriting, my biggest influence would be Robbie Foulkes. Not that I come anywhere close to his amazingness, but um, but I listen to his music all the time, and it really does. Yeah, I just I listen to it all the time, and it it it. I just let it wash over me and constantly brainwash me so that I can try to write the way he does. He's one of these artists that uh, is not all that well-known, although he just was up for two Grammys this last year, and that was, we were all really happy, but this guy is fantastic. He's one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and if you haven't heard him, I highly recommend him, and he's coming to the Hobbong Tavern in March. I oh, just found fantastic. out. So every time he comes to town, we go because and drop I drop everything. We drop everything, and he's, he's we've we've slowly become friends with him because he plays small shows, and uh, that's a smaller venue in Northern California. Or is it uh, close there's, to here? there's actually three of them. There's one in Nevada. Yeah, that's w- one in Sonoma, and one like in Sebastopol, maybe. But I think oh, okay. I think maybe the Nevada one's the only one that has live music. Yeah, that's I was I thinking that was true. But yeah, so Robbie Folks is a great one. Love what are your him. Influences, well, I have so many, um, but you know, I love a lot of the old country artists like Johnny Paycheck, and I love Waylon Jennings. I Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. Um, Lick, mm. you know, on that original old song by Dale Hawkins. And then yeah. he was in the Elvis band. He was in the Ricky Nelson band. He was on oh, the wow. TV show, was actually, oh, with Ricky. Oh. Anyway, so James Burton and Don Rich are great. But lots lots and lots of influences. But those are some names that stick out to me. Yes. So much good music out yeah, there. Do you guys ever play songs that aren't country or bluegrass or rockabilly influenced (laughs) 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 so enthusiastic um, yeah I do whenever I pick up another song to well he plays everything so just FYI, yeah, I do. Yeah. person I do. plays everything. So you could basically just keep on putting a dime in the jukebox and yeah, we'll continue I do. I'll with do that. the next, next, can you next. Do a rap song. Well, our, 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 uh, our what, what did you, you say? A, a rap song. A rap song. 
there, there's, them on there's guitar in rap. They you know. sample it. You could do it like a 60s riff. That would be a challenge. That would be a fun challenge. <laughs> Every time I do... There you go. What's that song? Uh, is it like a... this all night yeah it was fun you know, I was starting to say though Don't Steve our, our, our mutual friend Steve Indig <laughs> yeah. is doing a a Bowie Elvis he does it every year right yes and so he, he just asked me if I would play so he was looking for somebody who could do like Elvis and Bowie so I was thinking well what Bowie songs would I do with this wait do you get to impersonate them I, I would call it impersonating <laughs> I'm not going to impersonate. I'm going to be me, but I'm going to be me doing them. Yeah. There you go. That's the, That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, in this music scene, it's important to focus on a sound. And even when when we focus on a sound, still a lot of it, different influences come come together. But so we're focusing, Nashville Honeymoon focuses on a classic country sound. But, you know, we veer into a little swing jazz. We veer into a little bluegrass. We veer into a little, like, country rock. Uh-huh. You know, like that Sure Don't Miss You sounds a little country rock, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that's more the contemporary, like that's what you would hear on the radio? Country rock? No. No. Contemporary country? I don't know. What do they call it? Country. It's not our deal. I don't know what it's called. It's it's called (laughs) country. Anything you're gonna hear on the mainstream radio stations is not gonna sound anything like what we do. Yeah. There are there's one there's one um, female songwriter that I really like who's Brandy Lynn Clark and her I I think her songs are amazing and um, we do one of her songs. We do do one of her songs. Yeah. Because when I hear her songs, I'm like. That would be. I would like to write that song. You know, like that would be. Let me take that from her. Let me, let me just. I'd like borrow to it. borrow that one. Yeah. She's just a great songwriter. Uh, but and she's a modern. You know, she's in the contemporary modern scene. I think she has played on some of the mainstream radio stations. But I yeah. think I think most I of this. She was interviewed by Terry Gross. Well, I, I think, think mo- most of the stuff go. we like falls under the Americana uh-huh. banner. You know, uh, really, the modern the modern country thing is really pop music, okay. and it's kind of got with cowboy boots and there's a there's a thin relationship to the old country, but it's getting thinner and thinner as we speak. Yeah, yeah. So and there's some great people in there. It's just not what I personally enjoy or listen to. So I kind of don't really know much about it, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. Although when we go to the Opry, we just have to th- sit through a couple of those acts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's unavoidable. Yeah. But there's some there's some great artists out there like Jamie Johnson we love. Jamie you know who he is? He's yeah. he is a wonderful singer. Jamie Johnson. Yeah, and um there's some there's some good ones out there. But they're they tend to be more the rebels. Mm. Are you introduced to a lot of new music when you go to Nashville, like acts that you've never heard before? Or is it mostly people that you already know? Um What's that name of that singer? We went to the Bluebird, the famous Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Oh, yeah. And we were just like, we're going to go see, we're going to go to the Bluebird. We're here. What's going on there? Oh, it's an open mic night. 
and it was being run by this uh, the the host who is always like a more experienced singer songwriter who's placed a lot of songs. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in Nashville. You place songs with big artists, right? That's yeah. what songwriters do. So the guy was named Steve Seskin, and I thought to myself, Steve Seskin, I kind of know that name, it rings a bell, but I didn't really think much about it. So we're watching it, and you know, all of the different open mic people, they're you know mixed bags, some are better than others, they're pretty good. Then Steve Seskin gets up there and sings a song, and he looks like someone's dad who sells insurance, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just doesn't have any pretension towards uh, like looking any way. He just gets up there and slays us. You know, we're crying during his songs. He's just Aww. writes these. One of the songs he wrote uh, is used for an uh, is used as an anti-bullying song. Okay. Um, what's it called? Do you remember? Oh, that's cool. But uh, but he wrote this song and don't laugh, uh, at, me. Don't laugh at me. And uh, it, the anti-bullying people just grabbed onto it. And he's since done a lot of anti-bullying work. But we go up and talk to him after the show, and just tell him how much we love him. He's like, Oh yeah, well. You guys are from Berkeley. I live in El Cerrito. So here we are in Nashville, right? And it turns out, you know, he's a Bay Area guy. And that's where I kind of remembered that I heard his name. But so. I think he might teach some songwriting workshops, actually. He in does. The, the Bay Area. And, and he writes some kind of modern country songs. <laughs> but when you hear him do them, yeah. they're just great songs. So you never know what you're going to get at That's Open right. Mic Night. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Did you want to play another song? We would love to. Okay. Which one? Which How about one? You sing one, Hank. Should I? Uh, sure. Okay. How about it? Okay. Let's do this one called Cold Shoulder. One, two, one. My baby knows exactly how to walk into a room She doesn't need a fancy dress to make the fella swoon In spite of that, she's got the kindest heart in all the land As long as I tell the truth, she'll always understand I don't know what I said or what I did I only know I better stay on my side of the bed I got the cold shoulder again such a sin I only know I gotta warm my baby up again that den I put into the car is hardly worth a fight just stand a block away and it's completely out of sight I don't know what I said or what I did I only know I better stay on my side of the bed I got the cold shoulder again
citrus last Sunday couldn't be why she's so mad. She knows I gotta sleep it off when my hangover's bad. I know my baby loves me cause she married me twice. But every now and then I got a great big slab of ice. I don't know what I said or what I did. I only know I better stay on my side of the bed. I got the cold shoulder again. I got the cold shoulder again. <laughs> A lot of these songs are easy to sing along to. I like that. Good. Because I feel like a lot of the themes of your songs, maybe I'm wrong, are... You know, everyone can relate to it. It's it's easy to find like something that you like in the songs. Your significant you. other has been upset with you before? <laughs> Never. Never. He's toast. <laughs> <laughs> That's warm. <laughs> Honey, what I do, what I do, what I do. That's the what I do song. Aww, yeah. yeah, it's all about domestic bliss. What's mm-hmm. funny is she mm-hmm. she wrote those lyrics like from my point of view. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, so what's your point of view? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the rest of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> the other songs that we haven't heard yet. The other. <laughs> but it, it it made me happy that that she realized that a lot of times when there is some tension that I really don't know what the heck. It's about, you know, I'm not quite sure just what I did or why it's such a sin. I only know my baby, uh, oh, God, man. Gave me the line, line. Line, line. Line, line. That's my Achilles heel, his lyrics. But uh, I, 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 know, I always know how the song. I don't know song... if should travel into the area. Yeah. <laughs> Remind us of your show again. December, well, we have December 3rd tomorrow afternoon at Down Home Music. So if folks want to come and do their Christmas shopping, it's a great record store. They have tons of wonderful music. It's a wonderful kind of Bay Area institution. Yeah, they, that's um, uh, the guy who owns that store is the guy who's, uh, he's Arhuli Records. You remember Arhuli Records? A famous blues label. It's a very famous blues label. And didn't that label also really discover like kind of Tejano music yes. and brought it to the US and yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing There's and some Chris, really Chris Strachwitz is yeah. I think he's about 85 now but he still he is the in there yeah music. so it's it's a very it's a Bay Area institution like you said and we're really honored to be playing there and that they and that they asked us to so do it tomorrow in-store. 2 o'clock yeah and, and then of course show. that's of course all ages free and, uh, free we'll, we'll be all selling ages our, really um very, very family-friendly yeah. little venue. And our our CDs will be available directly from mm-hmm. us yeah. at all of these shows at the Fireside Lounge on mm-hmm. December 9th. Mm-hmm. That's a late show, 9, uh, 9 o'clock mm-hmm. to around 12. Mm-hmm. And then uh, December 22nd at Club Deluxe, that's 6 to 9. And that's a no-cover show at Club Deluxe. Nice. So, yeah. so of all those places that you're playing, which one are you most looking forward to? Ooh. All of them. <laughs> Tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. I thought you were going to say Club Deluxe. <laughs> oh, you know, honestly, they're all great. And uh, you never know. When you, when you start playing uh, a show, the people who come into the place, the dynamics of the room is just ever-changing. Mm. 
And so I, I've walked into clubs before and thought to myself, man, what's this going to be like? And then by the time the show starts, it's completely changed because the lights are down, the people are there, and you feel the audience, the response, that, uh, that reciprocal relationship yep. mm -hmm. that happens. It's a beautiful thing. So, Do you get people that come up to you after shows or people that follow you on Facebook? Do they reach out to you? Well, they have to get past our security first, so, which is kind of difficult to do, uh, to, uh, to be perfectly those frank. I know, right? They're expensive, too, yeah, they for those guys. But, uh, no, yeah, uh, people come up, and uh, we love to talk to everybody about the music, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and you can walk right up to us and purchase our CD or just say hi. And Do they get aggressive? I would say probably I know every single person that follows us on Facebook personally, so. <laughs> the double-edged so sword just, of I'm social media. I'm just delighted they, they hit like. On. Yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Well, you know, at, at this level, uh, it's it's wonderful because you do get to know the people who love the music and they latch, That's latch on. That's true, too. We have made some new friends just from folks who pay attention to the music and make a point of going out. Yes. So that's it's oh, important. Kind of a big deal. There are people who go out and see it's live rare. music. It yeah, is. and and that's those are the people that uh, I, I I was telling Lynn a couple of months ago. She was worried about some of our friends who don't go out to bars. I said, you know, it's if they come out to see us, that's great. But really, as a band, you you want to nurture the people that actually want to go out and see live music. Yeah. Bottom line, I mean, right. it's kind of a no brainer. But <laughs> sometimes it, you need to think about that. That there. And supporting live music. Live music is such a wonderful thing, and we got to keep it alive. That's right. So, sure. so who, what bands do you like to go see? Well, we have tickets to Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives. Oh, that's right. At the Freight and Salvage, mm -hmm. and like two, two we all already mentioned yeah. are Robbie Folks is coming mm -hmm. to the Hot Monk Tavern in March. And Hot Monk. Hot Monk. Mm -hmm. But some local great artists that we love. I actually play bass for one of the uh, a great artists, Mitch Polzak. Mitch Polzak and the Royal Deuces. Mitch has been playing around for years. Mm -hmm. And he's in a high-energy, kind of rockabilly country act, and he's wonderful. So I like to go see him, but I'm usually watching from the bass position. Mm -hmm. I play bass in that band. Um, some friends of ours, we mentioned Red Meat. They're yes. wonderful, wonderful artists. Our, our friends, Crying Time, they're a great country band. That I was just going to say, I admire some of the Bay Area female singer-songwriters, Laura Benitez and yes. Heartache, and she just came out with a new album, and uh -huh. Jill Rogers from Crying Time, and they're just two women who write and sing and uh, inspire, you know, inspire people like me mm -hmm. to keep trying to write songs, Yeah, and that's very valuable to me. I just went to Freight and Salvage and saw my friends Howl Divine. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a record release party there, and they're a very cool band, and I'm very proud that they put out their third record on Little Village Foundation Records, run by Jim Pugh. That's a great foundation. And on Little Village uh, Foundation Records is also our friend Maurice Tanny. He's really good. Oh, yeah, he's been here. Yeah, he's great, good friend of ours. And uh, Chris Kane, the blues artist. So Little Village is doing some great stuff, and they're, they've signed a bunch of good local bands. I like that name. Yeah. Is it based in the Bay Area? Yeah. Jim Pugh was the keyboard player for Robert Cray for a long, uh, long yeah. time. Okay. And um, mm. 
since he's uh, since he retired from the road, he's been doing that, doing great work. So. Right on. If people want to go out and see sort of a um, assortment of Bay Area kind of country and Americana talent, I would recommend coming out to one of the hootenannies that happen at the in the. Um, there's once a month at the Riptide, and once a month at the. Um, Armando's and Martinez mm -hmm. and they are shows in which there's sort of a house band and people singing songs with a rotating list of guest appearances yes. by local musicians so it's you just you never know yeah. who's going to be there or who's oh. going to come up and sing or play and there's always a variety yes. of uh, wonderful and interesting people to hear so like if anyone Lynn is Mays. curious like Hank Manninger. If anyone is curious, though, it's a really great place to yeah. just kind of check out and kind of see who's out there uh -huh. playing. Rip, the Riptide like. the Riptide is on Terravel and 47th. It's a great I bar. Because uh, it I was almost like, got shut down, right? right? Well, it burned down. Yeah, and they, and they fire. Yeah. Um, and it's back. It's been back for a little while. It's owned by the drummer of Red Meat, a close oh. friend of mine who I often play with, Les James. Mm -hmm. Hey, Les. So the Riptide... Uh, the Hootenanny at the Riptide happens on the first Sunday of the month, and I'm part of the house band for that. And the other uh, Hootenanny happens at Armando's and Martinez on the third Sunday of the month. And uh, you'll see me there occasionally, but I'm not part of that house band. Mm. So, Gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah, like music. It's fun. It's a variety yeah. of people. So. That's fun. Yeah. I don't get out that far too often, but mm. maybe one of these days. Riptide's far. Riptide feels far from sometimes from it, here. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's on the streetcar line, though. Oh, is it? The yeah, the one that goes up to up Terraville. L. Oh. L. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That. I'm gonna take the L. Yeah. It's been a minute. <laughs> I think we have time for one more track. Yeah. What would you like to sing? You want to do? Oh. You want to do ordinary life? Sure. Let's do Ordinary Let's Life. a little bit upbeat. Uh-huh. Another song of domestic bliss. Mm -hmm. This one was doubly influenced by Robbie Folks, who wrote a great song called I Like Being Left Alone, <laughs> and uh, which is my, which is my, um, my personal anthem. Mm -hmm. uh, Me too. <laughs> it's a great yeah. song. Check it out. And then uh, also influenced by um, Loretta Lynn has a great song called uh, One's On The Way. For this, I realized this is one that Joe Goldmark <coughs> put his fingerprints on too. Yeah. Too. Okay. Two, three, four. Ordinary life can drive a good gal insane. Our screen doors busted. Someone's mother, someone's wife Isn't 
like to go back home and sit inside that big old house completely alone. And I'd like to go out on a date and drink a glass of wine. the dishes from the sink to the machine and take the time to say that I look nice in truth I love my better half and I don't mean to complain it's just that ordinary life can drive a good gal insane Good girls too, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks you guys for coming on oh, by. Thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. We yeah. really appreciate the invitation. The Absolutely. Opportunity to share some of our music. Thank I'm you. Sure, we'll be catching one of these shows coming up. Do. Great. Let Please us know. do. There's the one in San Francisco on December 22nd at 6 p.m. Club Deluxe, and then December 9th at the Fireside Lounge, which is in Alameda. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool place. Alameda's kind of fun. It is. It's I like a, it. It's a little out of the way. It's easier to get to Berkeley than it is to get to Alameda, mm-hmm. from what I remember. It has a, a small town feel to it. Yeah. It has that great, great Kiki Bar, the Forbidden Island. Yes, that's where I've been. Yeah, it has that old school video uh, video place. and It's a lot of fun stuff, anyway. Yeah. Lots of dollars in there. Lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm the like, bay area for you huh? yeah i'm like i'm gonna steal all these dollars one day no, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> see how far you get and yeah. tomorrow we'll be at down home music doing an in-store appearance at two o'clock in the afternoon and where is that located it's san pablo a- avenue in el cerrito oh okay yeah 21 i'm not sure the address it's... i can't remember the address either but Google it, Down Home Music, El Cerrito. San right Pablo. Not, San hard Pablo yeah. Not hard to find. Not hard to find. San Pablo. All right. And if people want to find you online, NashvilleHoneymoon.com. That's, That's correct. Right. We grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is trademarked, and nobody can take it now. That's right, huh? <laughs> huh? How much does it cost to do that? To do a trademark to- yeah, to, but, you know, to buy the domain name. The domain name. Not that expensive. Oh, okay. As long as it's expensive. not claimed by somebody else who, yep. you know, people buy up the domain names and then sell them. This one was mm. crazily available. We were a little surprised. Available. We're not Nashville Honeymoon Band.com or, you know, the Nashville, you know. You're so. the, one, the one and only. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the one and only. All right, well. I guess that's it 
for now, and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks you guys, for coming on in. Thanks for having us. It out so smoothly. Yeah. I want to catch you guys one of these shows. Maybe Dude. one at uh, Club Deluxe. Yeah, that would be guys, a fun one. You guys That's play there pretty easy. often, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every I, fourth Friday, it's easy. easy I, I play there also uh, the first Friday with my trio, and I play there the second Friday okay. with so Polzak. I'll just go on a Friday and be like, is he here? No, come on the 22nd for the Nashville Honeymoon <laughs> okay. thing. Uh, but I'm often there. It's a fun bar. Mm-hmm. It's a fun bar. So. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to play awesome. your song cheap review. Oh, do. That's a good one. <laughs>
across my beating heart Yeah. 